Hello, this is Adventures in Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos, where we talk about everything, local politics, state politics, little culture, little humor. It's the culture. It's the culture. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cancel culture. That's really what we're the- here. <laughs> we're here to talk about the cancel culture. Thank you for joining us today. Let's get into it. How you feel about that, Terry? What's going on? Hey, Coco. How are you? <laughs> welcome back, listeners. Welcome, welcome. Hi. <laughs> it's all wrong. It's all wrong. What are we talking about today? Not Tribe Called Quest. Uh, but I love <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. I want to talk about Tribe. But, okay. But I, I actually, do you have a list of things? Of course I do. Of course you do. Do you have a list of things? Um. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I feel like I got it. All right, let's give it to you, Terry. There you go. Yes, nice. In my uh, in my in my group practicum class, they would call this uh, call me a social loafer, right? Because sometimes I feel like I've been loafing my way through this podcast. Sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> Sounds like a sandwich. Social loafer, the whole line, right? Mm-hmm. T-shirts, sandwiches, sneakers, hats, branded. <laughs> You could do this. Mugs. Definitely mugs. That's right. Okay. Um, Anyways. All right. So on my list, I feel like we should do like a, a tenants movement update. Oh, yeah. And talk about some tenants, rights, organizing, whatnot. Perfect. I have rental registries in mind, so that can go right in there. Yeah. So that gets into like maybe even the response from the mayor um, and how he's feeling about the tenant of the Office of Tenant Protection. Okay. Um, I also have like, I, I still feel like we, we need to talk about the weather. Um, spring is here. It's about, de- about ready to get warmer, but I feel like, you know, there was a moment we want to talk about atmospheric rivers. I don't think we know anything about that, but like, I didn't bring a coat. So. <laughs> okay. I know it's not as cold as it has been. I had a coat yesterday though. So yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with atmospheric rivers. I Maybe not. I'm, not. I'm not wearing my tights today. <laughs> so that's also, it means it must be like above 55 outside. I heard what I had heard was from my mailman today. He said, I heard it's supposed to storm tomorrow. And I was like, oh man, where did you hear that? Where, when, what? What kind of storm is he talking about? I don't like, know. He's got to be specific. It was conversation in okay. passing. Who so knows? This could be like a we Stephen check King. It out. This could be a Stephen King, like New England style storm. <laughs> They Power come often. Right. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, right. I'm not. I'm. I'm not in disbelief. I just didn't realize it was happening. I'm not sure what's going on here." Um, <laughs> so then I, I did. Ha- I mean, we don't have to get to reparations and then get into the conversation of reconciliation. But I felt like that. I felt like it should come up. This feels like an update episode. You know what I mean? Just updating okay. on some of the things we already talked about. And then the last thing I do have for the funds of it is just really just talking about art and just like a very like art. Art. Yeah. That's art. that's what I have on the my fun, list. The fun, the fun, the fun, the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Art. Well, what about um? Oh, I did listen to a pretty extensive um, breakdown of Cop City, even though I didn't get to have my exclusive interview I was trying to have. Um, but I did learn a lot more about it. Okay. Um, and the free to homies that's still locked up down there. Free to homies. It's pretty crazy down there. Yeah, it's, huh? it's wild. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is all new to me. And then um. I don't want to forget that. And then I have rental registries tag on to tenants' rights conversation. Mm -hmm. I still want to talk about hostile work environments. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. And um, I I thought the I would like to talk about um, a comment I heard 
that question when inclusivity goes too far. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was some ignorant stuff right there, and I, I hated it. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's weird because I was having a conversation. I think conversation. you just turned my earphones down. Did I? Yeah. I just be I just be engineering. That's mine. That's my knob. No, but I just be engineering. <laughs> I just want to engineer. Leave my knobs alone, <laughs> Terry. This <laughs> is a family show, so like. <laughs> Anyways, well, that's. I mean, I think we can work with that. What do you think? I think this is workable. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and get into it. All right. Go ahead, Coco. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. We rec- <laughs> we're recording now. Go ahead. Shut. <laughs> Let's talk about housing and renters. Okay. All right. Let's do it. So uh, about 40 folks showed up on the corner of, what is that, Dwight and High? Yes. Front of the city hall. Mm-hmm. Rallying. Demand- for, for very important things. Very important things. I would like to shout out Teresa Cooper Gordon, who showed up and put her fist in the air. Shouts out to Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a nice squad out there, um, and it was definitely loud. I, I I love that the mayor's office is right there. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's great. Do you, well, and he also put out a statement a couple days before saying, you know, he realizes there's going to be this um, event in front of city hall and that he can't make it. And he's really sorry, but he hundred percent encourages people to come out and, and say what they need to say. And he will always try to be there when he can, but he had a previous engagement, which I thought was awfully polite. You know, they're coming, people are coming out to like make a statement, have a bit of a standout protest. And he's like, yes, I welcome this. And I'm sorry. I can't be there. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks but he for apologized though. You know, yeah, that, was nice. that was nice. I think that that, I think, I think it was nice, but I think and he encouraged more. Yeah. But, but I also feel like we don't want to keep doing this. We want solutions. You well, know what I mean? And like, okay, this yeah. is going to get controversial real quick. It's about to get spicy. It's going to get real spicy <laughs> in a second. Spicy. I'm going to let you finish your sentence. No, but that's, that's all. I mean, I think, I think it's one thing to make space for us to, to speak our voice and to be heard. But I think it's a whole other thing to like, feel like we're just constantly being dismissed. And I think that there's some folks in the crowd myself included, who feel like, okay, like, you're gonna have to move, you know what I mean? And like, these are very real and important issues for the people. So I think that that's, yeah, that's my two cents. (laughs) I met recently with um, a Ward 4 resident Mm -hmm. about something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was brought up, the uh, tenants' rights um, stand out and, feeling like people are not heard or like nothing there's no movement Mm -hmm. and i um i'm i feel strongly that we're sometimes these um these initiatives are putting the pressure in the wrong place Mm -hmm. and in this case there's plenty of support for uh tenants rights office a tenants rights union Mm -hmm. um tenants rights period um but the pressure needs to, to be put on, like, our representative, Pat Duffy, mm. you know. Senate, so so like you think Senate, we should go deeper? I don't, well, I'm under the impression that there's not a whole lot we can do at the city level because mm-hmm. these are state uh, legislative issues. These are state laws that are governing our city problems. So if if tenants want rent control, if tenants want... Um, offices of rights that actually can take action and I don't know 
represent tenants, help tenants, do things for tenants. These are state programs. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I can support this initiative right now, it's I, I don't personally feel right now that it's focused in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I personally feel that if you want ch changes in the law mm -hmm. for state law, it doesn't happen at the mayor's office. Right. So if uh, the tenants rights union or is that what it's called? Tenants union. Mm -hmm. Western Mass Tenants Union. Thank you. Yep. Western Mass Tenants Union um, is looking to implement these changes. I think they they may not realize they have a lot of support, but the the pressure is being directed in towards the wrong people, mm -hmm. and the ways that the that this needs to be directed is more towards Boston. Um, it's my understanding right now that the mayor of Boston is working on like uh, rent control. Mm -hmm. um, these are things that could happen at the city's level for Boston and then at the state level for the whole state. Mm -hmm. So I, f I, I just strongly feel like we can, we can gather the, you know, the troops, but we need to start putting the pressure in another direction because if there's an initiative and something that can be put through legislation, I feel confident that a lot of city leaders in Holyoke will sign on to it. Mm -hmm. They just don't have a whole lot of power to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that brings me up to one point that we do need some guests from the tennis union to come hang out with us and just like help yeah, understand what that policy agenda is. And what they're is. going through. Who right. knows what they're right. facing. Because the one thing that I do see is that like I feel like tenant protection should be be somewhere in our municipality. I think we do have a lot of other like offices that focus on housing and do housing and affordable housing um, and helping first-time home buyers and those types of things. I don't understand why we wouldn't want to have. Those are all state programs. Right. Those are all state programs. I get that. You know what <laughs> I mean? Those are all state-supported programs. But I feel like the deeper conversation is, okay, if we do go to the state level, then how does that trickle down to more of a local level? Again, because there's a lot of variance in the communities throughout the Commonwealth, right? Absolutely. And so I feel like there has to be something that's like, that the Agawam community is gonna be completely different than the Chicopee community. And the needs from for those homeowners and those renters, you know what I mean? So like, I just feel like either way, there has to be something that's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more focused. I agree that on a state level, like an office in a state level or state department, something like that, that's focused on a commission or something like that, that has some actual teeth and can actually push policy and make some reforms that way, I think it would right. be important as well. But for me, I guess it would be a both and situation. And the kind of first step, I think some folks are looking at is like, does my city like understand that housing is a human right? And what are we doing like, as far as protecting the current renters and homeowners in the community, I guess is what I'm seeing. But again, We'll have to get somebody who's a little bit more of an expert. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a little closer to the ground. A little closer. You know what I mean? Somebody who's got their fingers on the yeah. pulse to be able to. Because, I mean, I, there's clearly a, a real lack of understanding about what comes next. Mm -hmm. And even um, Representative Pat Duffy was at one of the, ten, the tenant union meetings in Holyoke. Mm -hmm. And the question came up, well, how do we get these things done? And the answer was, well, you put push pressure on me, mm -hmm. me, Pat Duffy. Mm -hmm. And so I heard that as a very clear. Like, bring it to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can help, but you need to bring it to me so I can push it. Yeah. You know, and that goes the same for things in the city. I, I've noticed that any initiatives people want to have from any committees um, that happen or that come together in the city. Mm -hmm. 
our mayor is looking for a formula. Right. You know, he's not going to write it for you. He this definitely is, wants a plan. He wants you to come with a plan. Mm-hmm. We all have plenty to do. Um, so if you want to do something, mm-hmm. you need to write it, get it going, and submit it and right. say, hey, this is the plan. It may not be perfect. It may have some kinks to, to figure out. It may have some language to change or move in a different direction. But, you know, you have to come with a draft of what you're trying to do. Right. Um, I find, unfortunately, there's a lot of meetings mm-hmm. and not a lot of action comes out of them because things aren't being written down. There's no plan put in place. Like, we need steps of what's next. Right. You know, and why. Right. You know, having I, I still feel like having just another office that has a bunch of pamphlets and tells you where to go with a question is not what's needed. Right. Yeah. And I, I again, I don't know what that office looks like for any of those folks right. in the union, but I definitely think that, like, you're right. It, it does need a, a full fleshed out proposal and a plan. And, and that's kind of like, you know, for me, I am now the project coordinator of a just transition with neighbor to neighbor and like part of my work is to develop those plans and to like help figure out what that future is. And, and, um, as far as the the movement work goes, so, um, and, and actual buildings and actual economic development and actual, like, you know what I mean? Tangible Mm. things. And, and I do on, I do agree that if you go into city offices with a plan, you're more likely to like kind of work, get something worked out. Um, yeah, but I, I just don't, I, I guess the other thing that comes to mind is that like this just represents just further highlights how there's two sides to this movement work of resistance and of building. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, how do we use both of those tactics and techniques to the best of our ability to, to move these issues forward, these, you know what I mean? And move this work forward. And both sides have to understand each other to figure out what's missing, where to, to create the glue. Exactly. Exactly. Cause we're, (laughs) we're, you know, I'm out there rallying. Good intentions, man. Good intentions. Yeah. I mean, mean, we're out there rallying and I'm out there demonstrating it. And all of a sudden, you know, folks from office of planning and economic development show up and I'm like, these are the homies, you know what I mean? And it's like, they see it and they appreciate it and they, they even support it. But what's next? What do we do now? Right. You know? So yeah, what's the glue? How do we, how do we implement the change? So I guess a whole new world of figuring something out. That's it. That's it. So I guess this is a little bit of an update, but it's also (laughs) like moving into a further update where we really do need to get somebody. I think that's important. We gotta, we gotta um, call somebody on the, uh, on the on Bluetooth the or whatever. What, I don't know how this works. You're the engineer. I don't know I've, how this I've, works. I've heard that you can just call someone through it. We can do it. You can help. We should just try it out by calling Tyrone. Okay. All right. We're going to call Tyrone and we'll be right back after this. <laughs> hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to the artery? I have once. What did you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that? It's a it's a place where you can go buy art. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The artery is um, was actually funded by a grant, I believe, to open it up. So oh, nice. Um, and it's a space to allow local local artists to um, consign their wares. So they and it can be clothing, literally, or any kind of art. Um, there's a lot of crafty stuff in there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like. I, I bought some candles out of there. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely bought some candles out yeah, of there. That's too. a good place to buy and candles. It's a good place for gifts. Yeah. And, you know, 
this gets me into a conversation about collecting art. I think we all should collect art. We should. So, and connect, collect your neighbor's art. Yeah. It so, doesn't have to be like million dollar art. It just has to be fun and right. you have to like it. And if you happen to support someone that you know or have met locally, it's pretty cool too. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day. Um, it is on High Street. It's open Thursdays through Saturdays, 11 to 5, and it they have local artist stuff, and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 High Street in Holyoke, um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So um, they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the Artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday. Awesome. See you there. So um, Tyrone's phone was busy. It's always busy. <laughs> it's always busy. I think he's actually using Mike Jones numbers now. It's possible. It's probably. <laughs> probably want to call Mike Jones. Call, <laughs> don't call Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, on the tenants' rights side of things, uh, the idea of rental registries has has come up quite a bit in Holyoke too. Um, obviously, I think it's a great idea. It would be great to have a list of who's got apartments, mm -hmm. how big they are, how small they are, how much they cost, mm -hmm. um, what their maximum rent increase per year is. I um, love that. I love that. <laughs> you know, so you can actually anticipate how your life is going to look because mm -hmm. um, you sign that one in, one year agreement these days. You don't know what's about to come down the line. You might be giving up a kidney <laughs> for the next year. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Right. Like, it's um, real, though. It's very real. Like, um I have a neighbor who lives in a um, like a small building. It's like a, a couple buildings attached. And um, he's lived there for quite a while. I want to say like 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And he said uh, recently the building sold. And the new owners promised that they would, you know, continue to keep it up and mm -hmm. not raise the rent and stuff. And, of course, like as soon as the ownership changed, his rent went up like $300 and he said it had gone up three times in, in like a one year span. So it, people aren't even, people don't even have enough um, conscience or mm -hmm. morals to like at least give you a one year lease. Like nope. I'm a landlord. You sign a lease with me, you get one year. I, and then I like re-review how much the water's costing. You know, I kind of I kind of use a formula. Mm -hmm. um, when I bought the house, there were there was no um, rent control, but there were laws in place of how much you could raise rent every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. You know, and it couldn't be more than like ten percent. Right. You know, so or might have been less. It might have been three percent. I can't remember anymore. But I just know that every time I've raised the rent, even year to year, it's been like. 50 bucks yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? and i feel weird about it yeah. you know and like <laughs> a little bit like, more money um, <laughs> and if someone moves i might try to get closer to the market rate because it's a brand new person you know mm -hmm. um so i mean that said i didn't realize people were just raising rent like like so much yep. like 20 yep. percent. you know like that's a lot of money. People yep. are budgeting. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I, when I heard this and I heard from other people who came to the tenants' rights meeting, and I was really blown away, honestly. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that people were so greedy that they're just like, you know what? 
I need five hundred dollars more a month starting not, next month. And we're not talking luxury apartments here. No, we're not talking like condo. No. Like you know what I mean. We're not talking about anything that comes with amenities. You know I what I mean. Some of these buildings like have that. still like the the um the stove in the kitchen is the heater for the apartment. Yeah, like that's some real problematic um, tenant uh, factory worker right nineteen thirties stuff right there. Right. So right. that that's problematic. Very. Very much so. And it's interesting, you're, you being like a small landlord, definitely on board with a landlord registry. Absolutely. I mean, I only have four units, one of which my mom lives in. So I really only rent three units. So right. I definitely don't consider myself any kind of mogul, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess that's why I also not, don't mind. You you're know? not America House USA no. Corporation. And my apartment's only, <laughs> one opens up like every 10 years, right. you know. People right. move in and they just stay. You know, that's, it's that, like a home. She's trying to sell a new place, folks. No, she's I'm not. No, I'm <laughs> not. I'm just saying, like, that's how long it takes. Like, if you find a good place as a renter, you, you want to stay there. You stay there. Yeah. And now I realize it's because if your landlord isn't a douche face mm-hmm. and doesn't like, you know, up your rent every two days and is actually nice to you and actually fixes things when they're broken, mm-hmm. it's like heaven, right? You know, right? I, I, you know, I think. For the landlord registry, as a renter, I I think to myself, I'm like, yes, because most of what we know about landlords, if we're in a community, like comes through word of mouth. There is no like record. There is no paper trail there. You know what I mean? Other than if you're going to go back and forth to court and pull cases or whatever Mm -hmm. the case may be, you know what I mean? And do that work. That's only like right now, but I think the only way that we're really going to know, the only ways that we're going to know how, who a landlord is and, you know. What the story yeah, is if like them. your friend knows them or if you, if you have people like you, your friends live in a building and the place upstairs from them is empty, you right. know, that's how most people find out about stuff. Because even the fees to, to list things are, are high and you're like, why should I pay this company when I already have five people asking me right. when when I'm when I have a place available to let them know because they're always looking or right. something. Right. You know, so like it's it's I, I do see a value like a real strong value in Orlando registry. And um, I I would like, I guess the only other thought is, is I would like for it to somehow be connected with some sort of authority or something like that. So over, um, I I just personally, I don't think that fines work. I don't think calling people to court works. I, don't, I mean, I went through a process with a landlord once. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but I went through a process with a landlord once before in a whole eviction process and all that kind of stuff. But I think what was so interesting is, is like this dude clearly didn't take care of the place. There was no heat in the winter time. There were windows missing out of the apartment. Um, And we had the health department kind of walking through there maybe once or twice a month. And they would just send out these reports, you know what I mean? About this landlord. This was in, in in Holyoke, by the way. Um, But they would send out these reports and like, you know, they would fall on deaf ears until it was time to meet for me to be evicted from the place. You know what I mean? And uh, I just was like, how shady is that? That like I'm literally having to suffer through living through this terrible yeah, apartment. It's awful. And like there's he's back to you know renting it out or whatever the case may be, and like not gonna do anything to make any of that home better. He's just gonna keep moving. So well, I, I imagine that the um a, a a rental registry would fall under sort of the whatever the tenants the Western Mass Tenants Union creates as mm-hmm. like a hub office. You know, that's the kind of space that that I think could help to create, you know, a rental registry. Mm-hmm. But 
um, overall, I think something like that would have to be the charge of the board health. Yeah, it has to or be. Or some kind of city entity. Yeah, with the, like, and it has to, I feel like it has to be collaborative, like code enforcement, city health, something yeah, along those lines. it's kind of a lines. list that, yeah. that may be made by others and submitted right. as a reference, you know, because what I was reading about was like, you know, there are cities that do have, um, rental registries already. Mm -hmm. Um, What I found is that uh, like Riley, North Carolina, Seattle, um, Minneapolis, um, eight cities in California and like 20 cities in Texas. Mm. So there are rental registries and the things that, that they at the bare minimum do for a city is let the city know which places are rentals and Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, single, single family family homes homes that are occupied by the owners. Mm -hmm. Um, and also helps them keep almost like a census of those properties, like how much they cost, how much w- their water bill. You can get averages by the square footage for those places. And then you can start to create databases of what's available, what's not available. Um, what I find very similar to this is, um, I, I hate to say it, or maybe I don't, but in Germany, mm-hmm. Go ahead, say <laughs> when, you, when you move, you have to register with the city. And they do have um, a listing of all the apartments available. Mm. And so if you're looking for an apartment, you can, like, when you move to a city, you have to tell the city you've moved there when you change your address and everything. And, you know, it's like they 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 know where all the people in Germany live because you are required to right. register yourself when you arrive somewhere and register yourself when you leave. Mm. And that helps with just understanding who the population is, where they're living, what apartments they're in, what apartments they're moving out of, what the square footage is, how many people are in square footage, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when you have... So you really get an idea of how people move around. Yeah. And it has nothing to do uh, with income or anything, but it does help you understand what the population is, what the flux of people is moving in and out of um, neighborhoods or regions and things like that. You, you just know? got a better sense of what commu- what your community actually is, who your right. community is, where your community is, and like... Yeah, when when these conversations come up about like affordability and all that, you you have a database that kind of like you could go back to and look at and yeah, reference. You, can you know see what I mean? What's going yeah, on? Right. And that's a, that's a, that's so important. That's and something like this would work. I'm, I'm sure the cities that have um, that do have rental registries are starting to find different ways to use that information. That's great. Um, that's and great. and track you know why rents go up, go down. Yeah, the only thing the Commonwealth apparently is tracking is whether or not you're going to be here for 30 days and did you register your car? Did whether you see that story? Whether or not you're homeless. <laughs> yeah. yeah well. That's all. They're like, did you lose a place? Where are you at now? We don't know. I uh, can't help you. We fam. don't. And we don't have nowhere for you to stay. <laughs> Might put you in a Motel 8. Maybe. But maybe. But only for like a week. But did you hear that story about the guy? I who, did not. Yeah, a guy came here, visited for 30 days from Virginia. Um, it was, I think, may have been here longer than 30 days. But regardless, the RMV sent him a notice that he didn't like register his vehicle for being here that long. He's like, I don't even live here. Why would I register? Uh, yeah. It's funny what the what we are able to track. Yeah. The really important stuff. That apparently. was my thing. Is like, how did you know I was here? Well, somebody had complained, but whatever the case may be, is like, how did you really know? You know what I mean? Like, I I don't even want to start on. Who, <laughs> That's a whole who other complained about that. That's a whole. But I will door. say, <laughs> I will say that as a student who has moved and had Massachusetts plates in random pl- cities mm-hmm. for however long, 
I think it's very interesting that in a, a state with so many colleges that anyone would bat an eye at an out-of-state place not a state anywhere place. here. Right, right. It's a tiny, it's not tiny state, but it's a small state. And the like colleges per capita are pretty high. Right. You know, like if you went to university in America, chances are you went to one in Massachusetts. It's like one out of like 12 people who right. went to college <laughs> did it in Massachusetts oh, or something. Yeah. You know, so... I can't believe somebody reported an out-of-state plate. You're just going to put me on a tangent with that news. Yeah. Woo. So as we, <laughs> we'll be right back. I'll, I'll handle Coco's tangent. I'll be there for that. And then we'll catch up with you later. <laughs> so, Terry. Yes, Coco. Um, do you know where people can submit their events since it's the 150th year of Holyoke's existence and everybody wants to go to every event? Oh, my gosh. Where can they submit their events? Okay. Well. ExploreHolyoke.com is a new site about all things Holyoke, and they would love it if you're having an event that you send them the info so they can add it to their calendar and post your event and your space and all that goody stuff. That's great. Can you do that in the microphone? Uh, <laughs> I thought my volumes were okay. Damn. Wait, what? What about Candace Owens? Huh? Did I say that? Out I don't loud? know what you just said. <laughs> um. Well, the topic is when does inclusion go too far? Okay, let's talk about it. Well, so I had the nerve to be scrolling on Twitter and and, uh, a Candace Owens thing came across my feed where she was complaining about an undergarment like ad for people who are in wheelchairs full time. Mm. And she was talking, she was saying with her like grown up outside voice with her chest she was saying it with her chest folks <laughs> that, <laughs> that she couldn't under she she just can't imagine like what's going on like and she said when does being inclusive go too far mm. and in response to like an underwear ad for people who are in a wheelchair full time and clearly this is a niche market of garments that must be created for people who are having mobility issues. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't like, what do you mean? When does inclusivity go too far? So I'm in a wheelchair. I don't get underwear. Nah. I, I don't get included in underwear. Nah, fam. <laughs> nah. I mean, what a bigot. That's, that's wild. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy. I couldn't even understand. I was like, why is this even out? And who gave this woman a platform where she can whine about people in wheelchairs and their underwear? And why does she care anyway? I think it was a slow ne- slow news day for her. No. Like, I think that's <laughs> I think that might have been. They call that they call that uh, the summer the summer hole in right. Germany where oh. there's like no news and they start reporting on the Loch Ness monster. Okay. That's <laughs> like, it. That's like, what's happening right like, now. It's like that one once a year they're like and the Loch Ness monster is back and being sighted again. That's why like I don't understand why you want to fight why like who who are you fighting like I don't even know who you that fighting woman's at fighting the end with herself she don't the, know who she is that's what it is it's what's internal Maybe she whatever it is combs too hot ouch mm. sorry yeah I'm I mean sorry. like you know Coco you really like <laughs> you really coming off like you're a part of the woke mob right now and I just want to like it's the woke mob <laughs> down with the wokeness so I will just say this no like, inclusivity <laughs> everybody's <laughs> equal pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah <laughs> Oh wait, you can't touch your feet. I right. see. Okay, yeah. that's great. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> and that's what that's what it is. It's like such like a like tone deaf. That's the word. You yeah, know what I mean? Just like it. a really tone deaf. Like there's conversation. one there's one way to look at things mm-hmm. 
and there's there's a there's one answer for every problem. There's no complexities. People are not living different lives. Right. No one comes from a different background, upbringing, socioeconomic status. We're fluid education now. Li- we're, this is a this is a very fluid world we're in right now, and I think a lot of people are struggling with the struggling with finding themselves in it. You know what I mean? It's a very like that. That's all I'm saying, and. I, it's okay. It's going to be all right. We cool. We got cookies. You know what it's I mean? It's going to be cool and all right for who? Because I know I'm going to be all right, but I don't think Candace is going to be all right. She's having some real problems if she's attacking people in wheelchairs wheelch- about their underwear. It's so sad. Like, you ain't got nothing else better to she do. She needs a man. You know, the, wow. Um, <laughs> I was, Sorry. Sorry. I was, <laughs> <laughs> she needs something. <laughs> Okay, so what I was going to say is, I, I, you know, it's interesting because today I, um, so I got my aunt works in the federal government. She works in the Department of Transportation. Shouts out to the DOT. Mm-hmm. And they're having conversations like the DOT has always been probably one of the most like, uh, what do they call themselves? The most like equitable um, departments of all federal of all the federal government, most because they focus on uh, not the DOT, focus on public transportation. Right. Okay. And like and. That focus on public transportation is something that's open, that's shared, supposed to be for everyone. So obviously, it's supposed to be accessible and equitable, right? Like, if right. you're not, how is this public in, public transportation? If the public <laughs> is not able to use it, you know what I mean? Or access so it. That's what I'm saying. So it's a core focus. But something that I saw today, they're having like a workshop that's like diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility, right? Mm. And they added like purposely added the accessibility part on there, and I'm like. You know, that's great. I've been in DEI spaces, done DEI work, and I realize that oftentimes still folks who are physically disabled, but also like mentally seen and unseen disabilities get get erased in that DEI. So it was nice to see accessibility be added on to that. And I just, you know, Candice. DEI and accessibility training. If you you see that, if you see that, Candice, if you see accessibility in there, please don't. That's what you want. That's what I want you to do. That deep sigh that you just heard, I just want you to breathe. <laughs> I just want you because it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Yeah. But let me tell you, though, if I come across another one of those, I might just like lose my noodle. I was like, what the? What? What? You, you I, know, I, I, was, I, I didn't even know. It's like, what is this? It's like somebody bashing like, I don't like. I can't. I yeah. don't have any words for how ridiculous like that kind that's, of bashing is. That's why I try to like I'm telling you part of my news digest. I used to watch Democracy Now a lot more often mm-hmm. and some other spaces, but you know, I don't I don't get no news off the social medias. Yeah. And I focus on um my news mostly comes from PBS NewsHour. So mm-hmm. so the elder people's news, you know what I mean? And like um I, <laughs> I would tell my mama you said that. Hey, she knows what's up, you know what I mean? Like we <laughs> Sit there and watch Amna together. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shouts out to Amna. You know what I mean? And Laura Barone Lopez. Definitely. There you go. Um, Laura Barone Lopez had a really dope story. Um, focused in South Boston or in Boston area last night. You should check it out. But anyway, all that to say, like, I am very, like, conscious of my news and where it comes from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think we all do. We, we all should be. Yeah. Could be. Could be. I don't want to put shoulds on anybody. Okay. But you we could, could be. be. Could be. If you want to. It's your choice. If you want to continue to just digest garbage, then there you go. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Yeah. So, shouts out to Candice. <laughs> yeah, Candice, keep, Candace, fighting, a good keep fight. fighting a good fight. <laughs> keep fighting. <laughs> That's that real fist in the air stuff. 
down with the underwear. Uh, I guess I in my last in my last uh, my last thought. I did want to say like I saw Erica Badu finally commenting on on wokeness. Oh yeah, what'd she say? Yeah, it was the most beautiful thing ever. But she was like, I think that some folks are using woke as coded language to mean black. And I was like, ooh. I mean, isn't but that certainly. obvious? But that's not for a lot of people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess good point. And to say that, I like, out reminded, loud. I have to be reminded that um, common sense ain't so common. Ain't so common. And, and you know our experiences I mean? are not all the same. Because when I hear woke, I, I immediately think of blackness. Right. I mean, especially just, when it's coming not, out of like some Floridian governor. <laughs> down with the woke mob. Right. You know what I mean? And then it's like, change that. To down with the black mob. Oof. All right. It's <laughs> right? getting heavy. It's getting it's heavy. Get, it's getting heavy. I mean, but how? I just don't even understand the woke issue. Just like being awake. It's bright. It's smart. It's good to be aware and awake and awoke. Our, our, our <laughs> it's, military. It's good to notice what's going on around you. It's just a really good thing. Our military, <laughs> each individual in the military would be nothing if they did not have situational awareness. Right. That's being woke. The entire it, American no. military is based it's, on the principle of wokeness. Wow. That's all I got. People. Wow. That's all I got. That's a big takeaway. Yep. Mic drop. American military based on wokeness. All right. So we're going to have to deal with the NSA. <laughs> Let me take a minute. We got to take a break real quick. And so we can deal with the NSA after that. Okay, great. All right. Bye. Bye. And now just a quick intro recording blooper. Hello, welcome to Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Terry. And I'm your co-host, Coco. <laughs> we ruined that one. <laughs> I'm like, huh? I'm your other host? I'm, I'm... All right, we back. We, we, I feel like we talked about a lot of heavy stuff. Today. No more heavy stuff. So let's talk about art. I like art. Do you have a favorite artist? Wait, we're not talking about any other heavy stuff? Okay, what else was on your list? We can talk about art stuff first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did have another because we do have some shouts out too, so we got some other stuff. But let's talk about art. Yeah, uh, you got something new? Nah, I was just wanting to know. Like, <laughs> I'm going to an exhibit um, in Pittsburgh this weekend. Mm, I forgot about that. Ooh, I'm so mad. it's not the August crash one, that one, right? I can't. And I was like, I'm gonna be in Boston this weekend, so I can't. <laughs> I can't crash this one. It's at it's, the August Wilson, right? Yeah. Oh. It's um, Emo Ime. He's a Holyoke artist. Mm-hmm. And he has some really large pieces at the African American Museum in Pittsburgh. And, you know, being from Pittsburgh, mom and I and my dad always look for any excuse to go. And this was a good excuse to have to go. And we going. Oh, man. <laughs> I am so. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to hang out. I, I'm low key. I'm low key jealous. I, I don't blame you. I'm just saying. My mom's very excited. I don't blame you. You're, you're Pittsburgh's so nice. dope. Yeah. It, Pittsburgh is so underrated. It's like Philly. I love Philly and I love Pittsburgh. They are great, fun cities. I'll take Philly over Pittsburgh. Well, you can do whatever you want. I'm you're just grown. saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because <laughs> I, I just moved, you know, we just moved. I moved from there and just like not feeling it but i do miss it like it's something about it i want to visit yeah i just i don't want to stay there again but i I do miss it but that's dope that's gonna be a good show because i think so and it's gonna and i haven't seen his work in person i've only seen it online because i can't seem to (laughs) you can't go to the studio it's right there to get his schedule and mine to sync up um so i'll actually see his work for the first time in pittsburgh which is kind of funny that's dope that's dope yeah and yeah, so I'm excited about that. I, I was, I mean, I, I, my only question about 
talking about artists, just thinking like, do you have a favorite artist like of any medium? Is there like when you think or when when you hear the word artist, is there like an artist that actually comes to mind? There's two things that come to mind when when I hear the word. Well, three. Um, I think of my first art love, Salvador Dali. Love, love, love all his stuff. Um, I think of um, The Gates of Hell by Renoir in Philly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, love it. Like, just, it blows my mind to stand in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Alexander McQueen and all his, like, you know, wearable art mm-hmm. and exhibits. I mean, I can kind of go on and on. I think of. So you're an art nerd. A little bit. I mean, that's why that's why we having this conversation. I, Gaudi in I <laughs> Spain with all the architecture. Like, I can I can really go down a hole with this. Yeah, because it's just. I mean, there's just things that blow my mind, and it, it you just it just doesn't make any sense, and it's so wonderful. And, yeah, and some of it's just so old. You're like, Gates of Hell, man. That's an old piece that had to like get shipped right. flat on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> this piece got a cruise, like a paid cruise over here. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Caravaggio. Um, okay. I love, I love that darkness that's in that work. Um, if we're going to like old, quote unquote masters, that's definitely something that I like. Yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> and of course, Vermeer, because of the light work. Like, I don't know anybody who would really paint like that. And who Vermeer? Vermeer. And, and I don't think in, I know who that. There is. you go. Check that out. Um, but I, I mean, as far as like. Those are the the classics, but I definitely I love Bisa Butler. Um, I'm a big fan of fiber art, and like I love that Bisa uses like what she calls the Kool Aid colors. So like in her work is always bright and vivid, um, and yeah, I I love I love architecture. I don't know any good like names, you know what I mean, or anything like that. But when I do come across a good building, You're like, like oh, yeah, that's that's me. I'm into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's kind of why why Pittsburgh is so charming, right? Because yeah. like its architecture is gorgeous. And then I always ride around the city. I always thought like, who keeps who who maintain maintains this? Like, who's picking up this craft to maintain this stonework and to like keep this beautiful? Yeah, you know they're dying mean? arts. I mean, you can see how long it's taking us to deal with things at Wisteria Hearst. <laughs> yeah, I saw that wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to the CPA. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's not easy to find artisans who are. Um, qualified and certified to do historic preservation. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a short list of people with a a long waiting list to get work done. Because they and they spend expensive. They spend expensive. They spend expensive. Yeah, like oh, yeah, for real, for real, not and, for fake. And I met <laughs> I met one of these artists, um, Carlos Neilbach, out in Detroit, who I love to like have everybody go visit his place. But he's a a metal worker. And in Detroit, throughout the city, there's all this like old cast iron work that needs to be refurbished and rebuilt. And Carlos is the guy that can come and do that stuff for you. But he also makes his own like really cool, whimsical pieces too. Um, But I just remember like being in that space and seeing some of those, I was like, yo, not only does this like serve these very practical purposes of like historical preservation, but Mm -hmm. also like you putting your own little touches here, you know what I mean? And your own like more, not, I wouldn't say fully modern. This dude, by the way, he learned to make art from german monks nice that's where he learned to make his do his metal work which was really interesting (laughs) and now he's like in detroit 
doing that's this cool. thing. Yeah, it's a dope artist. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just it just goes to show like you can you can grab uh, inspiration and and skills anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I did. I've done a lot of. Um, art travel, I guess you would call it, like tours, architectural tours in different cities, um, Paris, Vienna, um, I don't know. Yeah. Madrid. I, would, I, I mean, I've been all kinds of random places looking at I'm random make stuff, this, Lake Como. I'm going to make this real for our listeners who, who <laughs> might, you know, might not can go to Spain, you know what I mean, and kick it there for a minute. But if you go... And get a NARM association. That's the North American Reciprocal You've Museum. You've mentioned this before, yeah. Yeah, get you and become a NARM member, and it gives you. I think it's like a hundred, hundred fifty bucks, something like that, and it gives you access to all these museums throughout North America for free. So that's how I used to love to travel. Was just like find a smaller museum that I never visited that I could get into for free mm-hmm. because I'm a NARM member, and then just go there. You know what I mean? So. That's a really, I mean, that's a hot plug, and I um, just wanted to pull up the website for anyone who wants to check it out further. It's uh, N-A-R-M-A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-I-O-N, narmassociation.org. Check them out. Yeah, because I think I'm going to have to get one yeah, of get these memberships up. before we leave this weekend. <laughs> i you. I mean, because I feel like it's so obvious, like, you go to these different museums, and you know, they're like, you can get the membership today for a hundred bucks for the, you know, for a whole family for mm-hmm. a year. And you're like, oh yeah, because that's going to be cheaper than paying for three admissions today. Right. So it always makes sense to get the membership, but having a like national membership that's is kind of dope. Gives you some flex. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And there's some really dope museums even close. Like you could go uh, in upstate New York and around the Rochester and the Buffalo area even. So like there's like some closer day style trips that you could take to to check out yeah. i mean yeah on their website you can even check by zip code to see what's around you it's fire I'm telling you i love it i gave you i gave you oh, a cheat man. code just then <laughs> that's nuggets the cheat code. nuggets <laughs> cheat code <laughs> and there you have it all right i love this topic yeah let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about being hurt at work yeah <laughs> abusive work environments what constitutes a hostile work environment terry i don't know but i saw i posted i reposted something that said if you uh, a, a boss's promise is nothing. A union contract is something. I don't remember what. Oh, it was. interesting. Yeah, but yeah, but that's huh. yeah. Promises are abusive. <laughs> promises. <laughs> that's so abusive. <laughs> I was talking more about like yelling at your colleagues I'm or sorry. like or no. like you know talking down to people. And I'm stuff. very union focused right now, so that's. I why. see that. I see that. I'm There's sorry. nothing wrong with that. It's just where you're at, you yeah. know. But I will. I will catch up with you and 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 be here with you right now. <laughs> Thanks. Not raising your voice. Because we are here right, right now. Because we're present. I'll be present. With I'm you. gonna have to raise my voice at least till that little bar hits the middle of the doodad, though. Yeah, because you gotta speak up. <laughs> <laughs> I am speaking up. I'm way up here. You only have to be at the middle. Okay. Well, I'll just be yelling in this. Thing. Yeah, you don't have to yell. But uh, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> so this that yes. that brushing off oh, that yeah. was resembles a hostile. <laughs> I, I mean, I can take this hostile work environment, though. <laughs> this is not really problematic for me. Problematic. Does that mean I'm the, the hostile one? So we're not going to talk about that on air. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what was probably one of the most hostile workplaces you've ever been in? Ooh. That's a good question, right? I, I can think of it. It's, it's at the front of my mind as, like, the least favorite place I've ever worked. Mm. I worked for, so um, when I first got into the, the fashion industry, I worked as a um, tech 
technical designer, um, which um, technical designers basically do a lot of fit and measuring and drawing flat, like illustrator drawings of fabric and how many stitches are on them and the buttons. It's All like, beginning design type work, right? No, Early? this is pretty advanced. This More? is like once the item is designed, it's like the blueprint. Okay. And then the blueprint goes to the factory and the factory makes the garment based on the blueprint. Okay. So I was like the blueprint drawer of the clothing. Gotcha. And so if something came in from, so we'd send something out to the factory to get samples and stuff for our fit models. And this, it would come back in, in the actual fabric. And, you know, we're, we're actually trying to get to the point where we're making the actual production item mm -hmm. that we can then send forth and get mass produce. Mm -hmm. So it comes back. I, I have to measure it, make sure it's exactly as I told them to make it. Um, so my boss, all right, was like this very angry <laughs> woman who who commuted in from Jersey. This was in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. She commuted in from Jersey in her Chanel boots and was always really angry about everything and always dressed to the nines. You Fly know? and angry at the Fly, same. angry, ho. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And she made my life miserable. <laughs> All right. And she made everyone around her miserable. So working for her, she was the, the lead tech designer. Mm -hmm. So working for her was myself, um, a pattern maker, and um, we had like a fit, we had a couple fit models. They don't work for her, but they work, you know, they had to come in and get abused too mm -hmm. by her. <laughs> come get your lick in. <laughs> yeah, come get it. Um, Cause she would be like, she'd be like, oh, you're too fat right now. You know, oh, like, wow. yeah, fit models can't gain or lose weight. Because they have to fit the size that we've created to fit on them. This sounds this sounds like a mean industry. You've, like you've very, seen the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to admit it's that. Just like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it like this was like the Devil Wears Prada. Like I've worked at I've worked at a lot of different fashion environments, mm -hmm. but this was the most like, you know, the only thing missing was like the cigarette smoke being blown in your face. You know, that happened when I worked in London, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, but yeah, she just was miserable. She like yelled at us. Like, um, when I just remember going in the bathroom and crying sometimes, you know. And there was, I, I definitely felt that kind of um, powerlessness, hopelessness. Like, who am I going to complain to? My boss is abusing me, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I just quit. Yeah, <laughs> like I finally couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, I am not going to put up with this abuse. I don't have to do this. I can get a job that I like right. working for someone who's not necessarily nice, but who at least respects me enough to like give me constructive criticism without screaming at me. I mean, this was my first job out of, out of like traumatized. Yeah. This was my first job out of like fashion school. Right. And she was just like a Royal, you know, yep. Yep. That <laughs> to the that, witch wench. That, that's, <laughs> that sounds, that she sounds really real bad. Mean. That sounds yeah. really bad. I've had some bad jobs, but that sounds that sounds really that. bad. And other people would cry in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just also the fashion industry can be pretty unforgiving mm -hmm. and, and thankless. Not much different than, you know, politics. Right. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I don't find myself crying in the bathroom at City Hall. You know, like I did find myself crying in the bathroom at fashion places, okay. you know, okay. or like working overtime, even though you're not getting paid any overtime and you're not actually on salary, like getting paid hourly. But then they're like, well, you just have to stay, you and know, is, and you're it, like, why? So you can top stitch so-and-so's personal pants, 
you know, like the owner, like the wow. design, the lead designer, the lead pants. designer's yeah. pants need. He to needs be jeans yeah. for this thing tomorrow, and you need to do and that need right to do now, it right now. Like I, I'm, my top stitches aren't even straight. Right. Well, you need to do it by hand, and you need to do it straight, and you'll stay here until it's done. Wow. Yeah, like real, yeah, real I'm heavy, fun that. stuff. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So was that was that what you were thinking about when you were thinking hostile work environment? No. No. What were you thinking? I was thinking city council. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of people yelling at each other in city council. But you did make that intersect, right? Yeah. You did recognize that, like, this is, this feels very familiar. Yeah. You know what I mean? This feels very familiar. Except for before I could just quit. Right. And this time I feel like I can't quit. I have to, I have to stand up for myself a little. I have to, um, I have to make it clear that some things are not appropriate. Right. You know, um, we can deliver a message without, um, screaming at each other yeah you know i mean we can get a little we can we can be passionate about a subject we can feel strongly about a subject but belittling one another mm-hmm. yelling at one another that's unnecessary yelling over one another like i i, I learned these manners when i was this many years old terry <laughs> i know <laughs> it's one of those things when someone's speaking you don't speak right you know you wait your turn i mean it's like some elementary stuff right but they ain't, some some folks like I think we may have mentioned this to some folks was really no, still this many. Well, they didn't get disciplined when they were mm-hmm. that many mm-hmm. and now they're grown ups. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and and that you find that everywhere. I don't want to act like, you know, city council is the only place where people don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. But I I am increasingly surprised at the level of disrespect between counselors mm-hmm. until someone they respect is in the room. Mhm. And then you see this whole other side of them. Right. So it's a really interesting to to watch. Like I've said this before about um, landlord shaming. You know, people act differently mm-hmm. when they think people are watching versus when they don't think people are watching. Right. But the the funny thing about city council is it's all recorded. Yeah. There's people watching all the time. This is public record, folks. <laughs> it's public record. This is so, public record. So who you think is in attendance or not, like everybody's watching. Right. And the people who aren't watching. Or be informed that they should watch. Right. Because we want to make sure all this is like noticed. This is why we're doing this podcast. This is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? In part to like highlight what's happening in that space um, in city council and to like have some conversations. And uh, I think I think this is something that community members are seeing. You know what I mean? I think folks are actually seeing this hostility and there's some comments being made about it. And yeah, as a as a city leader, it's like. Yeah, how am I supposed to address this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we are in elected positions. So what I what I see when I'm sitting in council chambers is, wow, there's an entire faction of the city that thinks this is appropriate. Mm-hmm. This is great behavior. They love that people are yelling at each other. I mean, maybe they think this is Jerry Springer or something, but I'm not the one. That's what, but that, you know. Uh, this kind of gets into a whole other conversation about media and self, but I think that that's what some people want that, but that's not that's what unfortunate. this, right. Right. That's because the, the information is, is real. It's valid. It's important. And it's not, and it's not being delivered appropriately right, all the time. If it's being yelled at, or like I used to argue that even like, um, I used to have an issue with John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, how, how are we like, he talked about some heavy stuff sometimes on his show. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are we laughing about this? You know what I mean? Like this is somebody's life. This is like somebody's family. How right. how are we making light of that? So all that to say is like, you know, if we're talking about very serious issues, I feel like it should be done in the right 
way you know what i mean right. i don't i now i don't have a problem with john oliver by the way i will say <laughs> that i've gone back and i've reconciled you know what i mean but yeah. like yeah i definitely do feel like yeah this isn't a good way to handle city issues if we're just going to be yelling at each other and you know i think i think i may have mentioned to you mentioned this to you before if we want we could go back to like the early quote-unquote framing of this country when Where everybody like, was just screaming just screaming and fist fighting each other yeah. and maybe even a duel you might part. even get into a duel you know what i mean like let's get it you i know? might have to quit Terry. <laughs> i might have to quit i'm, you don't I'm want not that smoke. a fighter you don't want that smoke i'm and, not into it man yeah yeah it's not what i'm here for and i think again <laughs> it, it, yeah i think it i think that there's there's a balance that has to be had. I think that there's, a, you know what I mean? But I, mean, I don't think that you should what, have to fight. You know what, what I mean? Kind of, in what kind of environment is it okay for someone to belittle you, scream at you? Mm. In it's, any environment? I don't think so. Does, I mean, even, let's let's say I'm not in the workplace. Not, not in any. The, I'm at the stove. And somebody doesn't like that I'm taking so long to grab some chips and put them on the conveyor belt. Okay. And now somebody's you know, talking trash to me about how I need to hurry up. It's like, well, you came to the store and you stood in line. Just wait. Like, what right. is the problem? Right, right. right. You're here like, now. Like, I'm sorry. You want to go in front of me? I'm not going to fight with you about anything. Right. If, if this is, if you really having a day like that, please go. You know? By all means. By like, all means. I am not here for your abuse. Right. Anywhere in any environment. And I just, you know, I just don't understand how anyone can feel like it's appropriate to talk to someone else in that manner, family, friends, doesn't matter, colleagues. Yeah, it's just it don't it doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't I don't know I don't know if enough people are noticing for it to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, the council is made up of elected officials, as mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and, and y'all got to collectively, people, y'all have to collectively decide. Well, we, we're supposed to govern ourselves. There you go. Um, on top of that, you know, there are a lot of bright people in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is making good points. Everyone has good arguments. It's just the delivery, the, sorry, the delivery. Like people need to pipe down, yeah, just, you know, whatever it is, handle you, right. your, your personal like emotions like it's don't yell at me. Yeah, come down. Come. You, I can't hear you when you're screaming. You at ten, and we need you at like four point five. <laughs> I can't. Six. I can't even hear what you're saying because I'm so offended by your mm-hmm. by your actions. Mm-hmm. And that's not a way. That's not a way to govern. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not a way to govern. It's it, so it pushing people smart. away. Smart. You can have all the facts. You can have all your your tabulated information. The but, weird. The weird but math. I, don't, I, that's I just the can't one. deal with the with it anymore yeah. when it comes when it comes out at that decibel. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Cause now I'm now I can't hear. All right, so <laughs> so I think I think on that note we're gonna close out the show. We do yeah, have that's a couple. Enough. Yeah, that's we have enough. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us on Adventures and Organized Chaos. This I'm Terry. <laughs> this is Coco. I'm gonna step on all her words. <laughs> it's okay. We're in this together. Yeah. Solidarity. <laughs> See you next time.